0: This free program is paid for by the listeners of Redwood Community Radio. If you're not already a member, please think of joining us. Thank you.
1: I think is bigger than my bedroom. However, I have to say that I'm not wild about the car's color, which the catalog calls Grigio Caldo. Huh? I learned from an Italian dictionary that this means warm drab, which doesn't exactly light my fire but maybe the dull color is why these Ferraris are priced at only $395,000 each. And what the hey, you can always take the car to an Earl Scheib paint shop and have the color juiced up. What makes the FF worth the price, though, is its exclusiveness. Neiman's made only ten of them available, and get this, each one comes with a numbered plaque, thus certifying that you're one of the ten most special humans on Earth. This is Jim Hightower saying... But alas, I called too late to get mine. Neiman said that it sold out within 50 minutes of the sales date. It just shows how tough it is out there for us luxury shoppers. And you thought you had it. Hey.
2: If you sold what you had to sell or found what you're looking for, be sure to call KMUD so we can take your ad off the air. Also, you can find our class ads on our website at kmud.org. Well, it is 7 o'clock in the humble Nation and time for the Herb Doctor. I just want to remind you, lest we forget, what rockin' is all about. You are tuned to KMED Garberville, the voice of the free, KMUE, Eureka, Arcata, People Powered Radio, KLAI, Laytonville, Freedom Radio for the North Coast of California and beyond. That means we are on the World Wide Web at kmud.org and rock me on the water at 99 and a half on your FM dial out in Shelter Cove. I think that's it. We've got a theme song. It's great to be here tonight with the Herb Doctor and his wife, and we'll be joining them in Studio B in just a moment.
0: Welcome to this month's Ask Your Herb Doctor. My name is Andrew Murray. For those of you who perhaps have never listened to our shows, which run every third Friday of the month from 7 to 8 p.m., we're both licensed medical herbalists who trained in England and graduated there with a master's degree in herbal medicine. We run a clinic in Garberville where we consult with clients about a wide range of conditions, and we offer alternative medicine and nutritional counselling. Uh, this month, uh, we want to explore the misconceptions surrounding water retention and the medical advice to uh, avoid salt, uh, as well as the overprescription of diuretics uh, with uh, special reference to toxemia of late pregnancy uh, and the role of inflammation and poor energy reserves as a cause for concern. Uh, we're going to be joined here by Dr. Raymond Pete here in a couple of minutes. Um, but you're listening to Ask Your Herb Doctor on KMUD Garberville 91.1 FM, and from 7:30 until the, eight of the end of the show, excuse me, at 8 o'clock, uh, you're invited to call in with any questions, either related or unrelated to this month's topic of salt, inflammation, and diuretics. The uh, number here, if you live in the area, is nine two three three nine one one, or if you live outside the area, the toll-free number is one eight hundred. Five six eight three seven two three, so that's one eight hundred rad and this is the uh, last show for this year for 2011, and we'll be with you uh, back again in 2012. Okay, so uh, hopefully Dr. Pete will be with us. I think actually it looks like they're still trying to get him on the line here. So um, this month's show, again, as I said, mm-hmm. is going to be mainly uh, looking at the topics of um, salt avoidance with respect to uh, water retention and uh, opening up that misconception with facts and science supporting the use of salt rather than the avoidance of salt for uh, decreasing water retention. And uh, also look at uh, Dr. Tom Brewer's uh, research work, pioneering, pioneering research work, on uh, toxemia of late, late pregnancy. Uh, so for those uh, women that are listening. Uh, probably a very noteworthy uh, part of the uh, show will be uh, based on that toxemia and the things that Dr. Brewer have proved uh, to reduce swelling and actually uh, reduce the actual occurrence of toxemia completely. Um, his diet was uh, very instrumental in making that a, a new a new way of uh, looking at toxemia uh, because pretty much the uh, medical advice for women with toxemia was actually counter intuitive in many cases so um, hopefully Dr. Pete's uh, with us on the show.
2: I do have Dr. Pete but I just wanted um, Sarah to reintroduce herself because I kind of mangled that introduction so if she could do that and then we could get on with uh, uh, the program.
3: Thank you I was wondering if because I, I couldn't hear my own voice in my ears there. My name is Sarah Johannesson and I'm joining Andrew Murray Sarah Johannesson Murray, and I'm joining Andrew Murray, and we have Dr. Raymond Pete on the line. And thank you.
2: Well. And we do have Dr. Pete, and uh, here he is.
0: Thank you. Hi, Dr. Pete. Hi. Okay, so uh, once again, Dr. Pete joining us to illuminate the way, as it were, then through the misconceptions that we so often repeat as truth. So thank you for joining us, Dr. Pete. <laughs> um, again, once, would you please uh, describe your academic and professional background for listeners, maybe new to the show, who perhaps have never heard your name.
4: Oh, um, I studied biology, physiology at the University of Oregon, and um, have taught various um, hormone and nutrition-related courses, as well as in other fields, psychology and philosophy included.
0: Okay, so uh, your main main interests, I know, have been uh, around. The uh, looking into hormones uh, and much of your research has given you new insights into uh, the treatment of many many situations and conditions uh, with hormones uh, like progesterone uh, and pregnenolone and others um, in terms of in terms of the uh, I, I think perhaps we should start with something like um, modern diuretics So I, we come into contact with people that for one reason or another are using diuretics to uh, decrease uh, water retention uh, whether it's ankles, fingers uh, or cardiac well, water retention is there any safe diuretics that you know of that are um, prescription medications in terms of the way that they act
4: oh, um, yeah there are, are some that are relatively safe but it's the, the whole theory behind uh, why they exist that is the problem uh, mercury compounds used to be used uh, basically they just uh, kill the kidney cells and let stuff leak out and they were the common diuretics for a very long time until the 1950s um new uh, compounds came on the market that had a, a variety of effects on the kidneys and uh, it was really uh, the promotion of those that uh, created an ideology that uh, that diuretics are really the uh, key to treating heart disease and uh, uh, several other problems such as uh, toxemia of pregnancy. Um, but really, I think it's mostly a marketing uh, strategy to. Uh, Orient physiology around uh, making the kidneys leak out more water. Um, the, the, the real problem is uh, what causes the water retention, and almost anything that seriously injures the organism causes water retention, uh, like a problem following surgery very often is that uh, the person stops forming urine and uh, shock, uh, uh, any any, uh, very serious sickness is going to, in many ways, cause uh, the reduced ability to form urine properly, and uh, it's sort of a a plumber's approach to physiology. Uh, to think of uh, just opening up the kidneys and letting the liquid out faster.
3: So, uh, from a herbal perspective, dandelion leaf and uh, the root a little, is a little bit less effective than the dandelion leaf, but it works as a diuretic, and that's what I thought they had created veruzamide from. Although, then with veruzamide, I know you have to have a prescription of potassium along with it, and dandelion leaf or most green leaves have a lot of potassium, so it just kind of works out that you don't need to take potassium if you use dandelion leaf as a diuretic. But would you consider ferrosamide as a safe diuretic? Um,
4: yeah, um, It's uh, got a long history of, of use, and it uh, probably does have uh, an actual beneficial effect on survival. But the um, w- with almost any leaf extract, the potassium... magnesium are going to have a diuretic effect that is probably safer than the actual uh, function on the kidneys.
3: Oh that's interesting.
0: Okay so the the inflammation in the first place (coughs) is the uh, main cause uh, in many cases for uh, the, the cessation of diuresis and the increase in water retention in the cells through damage
3: so you're saying that it's much more important to look at what's causing that inflammation, trying to get to the root of the problem, rather than just prescribe a diuretic.
0: Um,
4: yeah, even even before the inflammation, there's the energy problem. Um, and um, something as simple as drinking too much water uh, in relation to the energy your body is producing, uh, for example, a, a low-thyroid person who can't produce much metabolic energy is very susceptible to drinking too much water and getting a a very general uh, disruption of their physiology. Uh, A pint or so of water passing suddenly through your stomach to your intestine causes a surge of serotonin release, and uh, that's simply... A model of stress or shock in general. Anything that shocks you or stresses you tends to start the same process, but uh, just a surge of water hitting the intestine is enough to increase serotonin, which then stimulates the production of uh, prolactin, uh, and prolactin is associated with water retention. Serotonin itself is in a direct way, and uh, serotonin increases the production of aldosterone, uh, which produces water retention and inflammation and uh, sets off a chain of reactions that uh, lead to such things as heart failure.
3: And the unfortunate thing is when someone is low thyroid, they're usually very, very thirsty all the time anyway, so they crave that water, and they think they have to have that water in order, because, well, they say their body's really craving it.
4: Um, yeah, it um, causes the, the tissues to retain water, uh, even though they, it's passing through them, uh, through the kidneys mostly, and they aren't producing much evaporation through their lungs or skin. But uh, it tends to leak out of their blood stream into the tissues and, and produce edema. And uh, edema is um, harmful to, to all of the tissues in the direct way. It, it um, turns on a, a whole anabolic system, uh, shifting away from oxidative metabolism, activating uh, lipolysis, the release of fatty acids, shifting uh, cell metabolism towards burning fat rather than sugar, uh, imitating diabetes and aging. Uh, So it's a, a generalized shock physiology that's involved when cells get waterlogged. It can start with low thyroid, but it feeds back and makes the low thyroid problem worse.
3: So that's why you said that even if any kind of leaf extract or, you know, tea made from a leaf of a plant is going to have minerals in it that help prevent this from happening. And
4: Yeah. And um,
3: and if you sip on you would make, if you made a cup of tea, you'd sip on it slowly. You wouldn't just drink it down like a pint of water.
4: Um, yeah. And the minerals, it isn't essential that it be magnesium and potassium, uh, calcium and sodium have many of the same functions even though each thing has its place in the, in the mechanisms. Uh, if you're in shock, you can uh, relieve the, the symptoms uh, pretty much by taking more of any one of the alkaline minerals Uh, potassium, sodium, magnesium, or calcium. Um, In heart failure and lung inflammation, uh, many (coughs) of the uh, things that happen with shock or or aging or uh, any serious disease, uh, the lungs and the heart tend to uh, get waterlogged and lose function. Uh, Just giving a, a very concentrated salt solution Intravenously will uh, relieve the symptoms. Very often, uh, they've doubled the survival or uh, cut the mortality rate in half by uh, just giving uh, extra sodium intravenously.
0: Now, why? <clears throat> it's a very interesting point that you've uh, you've just opened up there, because that begs the question: Why is it so often that doctors avoid tell people to avoid salt and why is salt so maligned heavily as, as a problem element
3: especially when they are swelling and then here they're using it in surgery so I mean
4: um, it really I think got a big boost around 1950 when the diuretics came on the market mm-hmm. uh, they they found the diuretics took sodium out uh, at the same time they took water out right and so they said uh, uh, you you should uh, get the same effect by restricting the sodium intake. Um, And they applied that to pregnant women, and uh, Tom Brewer and some other people uh, wrote about the horrible effects of uh, sodium restriction in pregnancy, plus using diuretic. (laughs) (laughs) If if you combine the two, you get... More doubly bad serious effects yeah. okay. um, after I had been reading uh, Tom Brewer's work for a long time I, I was seeing similarities between premenstrual syndrome and the toxemia of pregnancy that he had worked on and I finally uh, decided to suggest uh, to young women who were having uh, premenstrual water retention and not having any good results just by uh, stopping their salt intake, I suggested that they uh, follow brewers' prescription to um, increase their salt intake Mm -hmm. when they were having uh, edema water retention problems and to go according to their craving for salt Rather than avoiding the craving, Uh, the first person that tried it just had a total avoidance of premenstrual water retention the very first month she tried it. And
3: how much salt did she?
4: Uh, (coughs) Quite a lot.
3: (laughs) What, like a teaspoon a couple times a day? or um,
4: Quarter teaspoon? She shook it on, even if the food was already salted, she would just add
3: more.
4: Lots more onto it. And it uh, just absolutely stopped right from then on. Never had a water retention problem
0: again. I wonder, do you, do you know why or where the mechanism for which doctors will tell you that salt is, you know, it causes, uh, it could increase the risk of stroke, heart attack, uh, and just generally very bad for your cardiovascular system, and so people should avoid salt at all costs. So where do you think that mistaken ideology has come from?
4: Um, yeah, uh, David McCarran Thirty or forty years ago, was uh, studying the issue, and he looked at the figures that the government published that that recommendation was based on, and he saw that if you look at the figures carefully, the people who eat the least salt had the highest blood pressure, and the people who ate the most salt had the lowest blood pressure, and he saw what the figures really showed. Uh, that led to misinterpretation was uh, that uh, low calcium intake was associated with the hypertension. Hmm. And it, the, the sodium was really there sort of as a, an innocent bystander uh, associated with the calcium deficiency.
0: So you're saying that that calcium deficiency is more responsible for hypertension?
4: Uh, yeah, uh, David McCarran I think, has probably written maybe 150 articles on the subject. Okay. Uh, I, I think he was at Stanford or some California university when he started saying it's not uh, high sodium, it's low calcium that causes hypertension. Hmm. And I think that university invited him to leave.
0: Oh no! Isn't isn't this? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but am I thinking right when uh, you've mentioned in the past that low low calcium uh, intakes cause calcium to leak out of the bones and into the blood, and that causes the calcification of the arteries eventually, which gives you the hypertension? Um, Is that part yeah, of the mechanism? Yeah, that's
4: the the essential idea. Yeah.
2: Um,
4: the um, low calcium intake among other things increases your parathyroid hormone which pulls calcium out of your bones and uh, favors its uh, movement into cells of all kinds and when calcium is taken up by cells it stimulates them and tends to make them contract and uh, that's one of the places that uh, Thyroid and the energy production uh, comes into the question because uh, carbon dioxide produced by the action of thyroid, carbon dioxide keeps calcium out of cells. Um, Even if you uh, breathe in a bag and increase your carbon dioxide or take baking soda or whatever, the uh, carbon dioxide... Uh, will relax your blood vessels uh, by helping the calcium to move right. out of the blood okay. vessels and back into the bones.
0: Okay, so even are, we, are you thinking along the lines of even relatively short-term exposure to um, higher blood levels of calcium and or tissues endothelia picking up the calcium can contribute to that lack of uh, elasticity that will be more character- is that more characteristic of high blood pressure and hypertension?
4: Um, yeah. Um, each of these things uh, sets in, in motion a whole whole sequence of events. Um, the the um, low carbon dioxide, which uh, lets uh, calcium get in the cells and excite them and, and tighten up the blood vessels, for example, okay. it, low carbon dioxide also... Uh, lets the platelets release their serotonin, Mm. and the serotonin, besides adding to the tension of the blood vessels, makes them permeable and leaky so that the water uh, isn't retained in the bloodstream but leaks through into the the cells. And the cells that are taking up calcium are also taking up water.
3: So basically 2,000 milligrams of calcium is a a really important thing for somebody with hypertension to start uh, implementing into their regime.
4: Um, Yeah, and supporting it with the other minerals. Uh, uh, The the facts that David McCarran looked at showed this inverse connection between uh, salt and blood pressure, the high salt eaters actually had lower blood pressure. And one of the things that is involved there is that uh, sodium helps the cell, stimulates the cell to expel calcium. Mm. The the sodium activates the thyroid function and the thyroid function pushes calcium out of the cell and lets the cell relax.
0: Mm. Uh, Right, because I know you've mentioned the relaxation effect from thyroid, so that's also a direct...
4: I know it's a
3: little bit confusing probably for our listeners with this talking about calcium inside and outside of cells, but basically the um, salt helps to put the calcium where it should be and not being in deposited in the um, your arteries, in the cells in your arteries. So I'm just trying to make that a little bit more understood there.
0: Okay, well, it's um, you're listening to Ask Your Herb Doctor on KMUD, Garberville, 91.1 FM. And from 7.30 until the end of the show at 8 o'clock, you're invited to call in with any questions either related or unrelated to this month's topic of salt, inflammation and diuretics. The number here if you live in the area is 923-3911 or if you live outside the area, the toll-free number is 1-800-KMUD-RAD. And we're pleased once again to have Dr. Raymond Peet to join us and to bring out some of the misconceptions that we all Past and one of those misconceptions is that salt is bad for you and salt will increase your heart attack or give you stroke and that salt is not what you need if you've got swelling and edema but actually as we're finding out salt is very important to decrease edema
2: now we're going to ask the doctor if he can call back at uh, 923 3911 Area area, area code 707 and I will just put them directly on while I'm reading our underwriters at the bottom of the hour. But, Doctor, if you could call us back at that number, I think we can lose the uh, the hiss that we've got behind you. Would Would that be okay?
4: What was the number?
2: Area code 707-923-3911. Okay. Okay, give us a call, and I'm just going to uh, put you directly on uh, and just wait until I'm done reading, and then the uh, the herb doctors will be back on. All right, thank you. All right, everybody. I just want to read our underwriters for partial underwriters for our last hour. Support for Redwood Community Radio comes from listeners like you and from Blue Star Gas, located at 1333 Redwood Drive at Alder Point Road. Blue Star Gas provides propane and gas appliances throughout southern Humboldt, northern Mendocino, and Trinity counties, locally owned and independent since 1938. And support for Redwood Community Radio comes in part from the Security Store, Inc. in the Meadows Business Park in Redway, featuring water, shed, dry bags, and Pelican cases in many sizes. Both have lifetime warranties and have been tested over time in Humboldt County. The security store solutions for your security needs. Hmm, wonder why the phone's still ringing. Monday through Friday, nine to five, and support for the herb doctor comes in part from Golden Dragon medicinal syrup, an anti-inflammatory, antifungal, antibacterial, antioxidant medicine made without heat or ice. Golden Dragon medicinal syrup is organic, edible, topical, cosmetic and water-soluble. It has more uses than you can imagine, but if you can imagine it, you can use it. Information is available at Golden Dragon Medicinal Syrup at gmail.com and by phone at 707-223-1569. And I do believe we should have Dr. Ray back on the line here. Dr. Ray, are you with us? Yes, I'm here. All right, so it is 728. You are tuned to KMUD Garberville, the only place where you can hear the Herb Doctor on uh, one Friday a month here. And uh, let's get back with the program.
0: Hi, Dr. Pete. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing that. I think there was a pretty bad hiss on the line, so hopefully oh. it's going to be clearer now.
3: Yeah, no, that sounds much better. Thank you.
0: Yeah, okay, good. <clears throat> okay, so get, getting back to uh, the um, diet that Tom Brewer um, brought about, for the treatment of toxemia of late pregnancy, and uh, a diet which actually resulted in none of his hundreds, if not
3: no, thousands. thousands,
0: of uh, clients or patients uh, who were pregnant uh, ever getting toxemia. Uh, he was very big on uh, <laughs> drinking, uh, drinking quite a bit of milk. It was part of his uh, part of his diet. And well,
3: there's the calcium. And keeping and the, the calcium. calcium yeah. <laughs> Also salt and lots of protein, right? And those are the main things that he was suggesting?
4: Yeah, he was talking about the protein and adding salt to your food, but um, the milk has other things besides the protein. Uh, the calcium has its uh, direct effect on blood pressure, and the, the sugar of milk it has its uh, diuretic-like action. Um, so the... the Calcium and and sugar, add to the uh, quality
0: of the protein. Now we talked a little bit about the. Uh, we mentioned furosemide as a uh, a diuretic. Um, are there any safer, effective diuretics that that we're, we would not perhaps think of diuretics? Perhaps.
4: Um, if, if you think of of the um, sequence of of stress effects that I mentioned. Uh, Too much water, uh, leading to too much serotonin and aldosterone and prolactin. Uh,
3: Which are all inflammatory. uh, Sorry to interrupt, but those are all inflammatory compounds.
4: Yeah, Uh, and cause water retention. Uh, And uh, if you choose your um, substances with reference to uh, inhibiting any or all of those Uh, that's going to uh, be an anti-edema, anti-inflammatory diet or treatment. Uh, Thyroid and progesterone, for example, uh, lower all of these things. Uh, Progesterone is a very powerful uh, antagonist to aldosterone. Um, And uh, drugs are being developed to be very similar to progesterone, but to be patentable so they can sell them uh, to treat heart failure and water retention and inflammation and so on.
3: Well, do do um, they not have the same effect as the
4: progesterone? Um, enough that that they'll cure heart failure and such, but uh, they have their own side effects. Right. Uh, they're just trying to make them as similar to progesterone as they can to minimize the side effects. but Uh, using any of the uh, natural steroids derived from pregnenolone, uh, either progesterone or or DHEA, uh, will help with uh, water retention and edema and heart failure and so on.
0: Right, and that's because they're antagonizing
4: the effects of aldosterone. Yeah. And And aldosterone
3: is causing the inflammation and the water retention.
4: Yeah, and aldosterone um, increases... um, Besides inflammation, it leads to fibrosis and uh, prolonged heart failure and and vascular and kidney disease and so on uh, lead to fibrosis, Uh, lung disease. Everywhere that water retention and inflammation start, uh, they tend to end up with fibrosis. So uh, uh, 60 or 70 years ago, a researcher, uh, Lipschutz, called pregnenolone and progesterone, the anti-fibromatogenic steroids. <laughs> uh, they start out inhibiting uh, fibr- fibrous uh, overproduction okay. and end up protecting against tumors. Wow. Wow. We do actually have
0: two callers on the line, Dr. Pete, for you, so let's... Uh, Take the callers, and I think we'll take the first caller now. Well, the engineer's put his hands in the air as if he's lost them.
2: <laughs> I lost Dr. Pete. If he can call back, oh. they'll let the caller ask their question, but he won't hear it. Ah, oh, darn it. I'm going to have to call him. All right, but, but the caller is on.
0: Okay, we'll try calling Dr. Pete back.
5: Hello.
2: Hi, caller. You're on the air.
0: Yeah,
5: this is topical. You, You're catching on, on calcium. I don't know if you want to go to specific, but I'll give you a short story. About nine months ago, I was in ICU for a week and a half because my calcium went crazy. I was later diagnosed with sarcoidosis, mm-hmm. and my doctor wants me to get down on my calcium level.
0: Uh, so you saying that your calcium level was high? when? Yes, you were, very yeah. high, right. and, and it flat. shut down my
5: right. kidneys, right. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, that was nine, ten months ago. Okay. I, I once a month I do a calcium level check, right. blood test.
0: Do you know what your calcium is? Huh? Do you know what your calcium value uh, is? Ah, uh,
5: dog guy, I wish I knew the number. <laughs> but the problem is, he's got me on 15 milligrams of oh dear. to yeah. keep my calcium level down, and I love milk
0: yeah well the, the prednisone i'm sure is because the uh as a ster- i know i hate a, prednisone yeah as an anti-inflammatory
5: steroid so
0: because yeah. of sar- sarcoids and inflammatory quote, so i know that
5: caused toxins. the issue but i think he's using a prednisone to keep the calcium levels down But the way you talk, sounds like calcium levels are a pretty good idea.
0: Well, calcium, not in the blood, but in the bones, which which is where the calcium should be. So consuming adequate dietary calcium in the form of powdered eggshells or consuming dairy in the form of milk, getting about 2,000 milligrams of calcium a day will actually let you store the calcium in your bones. That's That's what I do. And prevent it from being in your bloodstream, which is what happens when you don't take up enough dietary calcium. So. When uh, you said your blood levels were high, that's because your bones were allowing the calcium that was in the bones to leak out into your blood supply, and that's, that's caused more of the problem. But the uh, best way to lower your blood calcium would be to in- intake in enough dietary calcium.
5: Okay. Now, and that does help. Blood, blood pressure is affected that way as well?
0: Yeah, well, that would also cause what Dr. Pete was talking about with calcium is that calcium in the endothelia, which is the tissue within the lining right. of the, of the uh, arterial, the, you know, the arteries and the arterioles, the vascular supply that's under high pressure, that is actually made more uh, stretchy and elastic by not having calcium taken up into it, which happens when there's too much uh, calcium in the blood and not enough in the bones. Your body, through parathyroid, starts to pull out calcium from the bone and Yeah, we want to do the reverse. Exactly. So making sure you have a high enough dietary intake of calcium will be the best. Which would be a lot
5: of dairy products.
0: Well, it doesn't have to be dairy products. Dairy products are very good and we do recommend milk
5: intake. Uh, Protein?
0: No, four four to six, dealing with dairy, four to six glasses of of, uh, whole milk if you're you're not overweight, or two percent if you don't want the fat so much. Right, I do. One of the other best ways um, of achieving uh, high calcium in your dietary intake will be um, capsules of uh, powdered eggshell. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, I mean, what uh, Dr. Pete's always talked about in the past is taking your eggshells and just washing them out, washing that membrane out from the right. inside, storing them till you have ten or a dozen or so, and then put in, putting them in the oven at about 350 on a baking, a baking right. tray, a cookie sheet. And, and then
5: they, and, they just...
0: and then put them into a coffee grinder, an yeah. electric coffee grinder. Got it. Okay. And then uh, that resulting powder, you can take about a, a half a teaspoon a day, uh, will give you... About yeah,
3: about a quarter teaspoon three times a day is yeah. just over 2,000 milligrams. So. Yeah.
0: So that 2,000 milligrams of calcium there will be uh, very beneficial in terms of decreasing your blood uh, calcium but increasing your uptake of calcium into your bones.
3: And we've seen this uh-huh. with our with our clients. We've seen that they they have a high calcium level in their blood.
5: Hold on one second. Maybe I won't.
3: Okay, so just one last thing I'll tell you and then we'll move on to the next caller. What we've seen is when people have high calcium in their blood it's because they're not getting enough in their diet and when they start supplementing their diet with a higher calcium level, like closer to two thousand milligrams. Two thousand milligrams is about two quarts of milk, or we told you about the eggshell, a quarter a teaspoon three times a day is about two thousand milligrams, or you can do some of both. But then you'll see the blood okay, calcium. You're at home. Okay. Okay. The blood calcium level come down to a normal range,
5: which is All around right. nine. I've definitely tried the eggshells. I'm, I'm 75 years old, and the sarcodiosis, whatever it is, definitely puts me on the fritz. The,
0: the other thing that you should do in conjunction with that is actually uh, supplement with a vitamin D supplement.
5: All right. The, I've, uh, I've got that.
0: Yeah, the, the calcium and vitamin D work fairly synergistically. So.
5: Yeah, I had kind of a reverse opinion. I thought less was best.
0: Well, no, because you want to bring your blood levels down right. by, by making sure you're back to the bone. Intake.
5: Give yeah. it back to the bone. Right, exactly, yeah. All right, so thank you very much. I'll let you the next call, go. Thank you for, for your sure. call. Thank you for your call. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hi, you're on the air? Hello. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, it's your normal engineer. Oh, hi. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> so um, I got chickenpox, which is going around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was wondering if, you know, some yeah. anti- or, you know, I was wondering what your recommendation would be, and also I had learned from you guys that coconut fat is antiviral. Yes. So I'm actually using that as a solve on my sores, and I was wondering if you thought that was a good idea.
3: Yeah, and internal would be good. Oh, too. yeah, I'm yeah. drinking
5: a ton of coconut milk, too.
0: Yeah, internally.
5: Okay, the, you so you've, do... nev-
0: you've never had chicken fox before nope. then? Okay, then now's your first time. How bad is it?
5: Uh, I think I've been told it's going to get worse. I've only had it for a day.
0: Right, because in adults it's generally more, yeah. more more severe, they say, than in children. Um, yeah, from a point of view of uh, anti-infectives at this point being a being a viral situation, um, I don't know how much how much can be done that quickly. I think your own body will certainly get on top of it. Um, I don't think there's anything per se that's going to really knock it back. Now that you you're coming out with it, in terms of your skin and the lesions there, then there'll be things that you can do to kind of minimise the itching, which is probably one of the main symptoms. Um, of the chicken box.
5: Not yet, but that's what I've heard.
0: Yeah, well, when the when the vesicles burst, they're kind of fluid-filled, and when they burst, um, they'll they'll then become quite itchy because it's that's a, that's a condition. It's just like um, shingles and herpes, the same kind of uh, varicella zoster, is the same kind of um, family. So they all have this kind of weeping. Uh, characteristic where the fluid fills, vesicles burst and, and then they they get very itchy. So in in England, I know that calamine lotion is not exactly herbal, but um, calamine lotion uh, was a, a fairly good soothing, calming topical application.
5: What is calamine lotion? If it's not
0: you know I'm not sure what calamine is. I could probably you could probably look it up. You could Google it, I'm sure. Um, but it's basically a, uh, a liquid that you will put on with cotton. Cotton wool, damp cotton wool, then rub it on, you know, dab it on the skin in those areas that are particularly itchy. Um, I'm trying to think if there would be anything else that would be more uh, systemic that you could use as a uh, anti-prioritic, you know, to stop the itch. Uh, maybe if we get Dr. Pete back on, he'll have some suggestions. But
5: okay. I'm afraid
0: the engineer's wrestling with the phone, and but Dr. Pete is still out of action at this point in time, so I don't quite know what's happened.
5: Well, I'll keep listening. Thank
0: you very much. Yeah, I'm, I feel, feel bad for you. I'm, I hope you have a happy Christmas, anyway, <laughs> d- despite this, because it's probably going to be another 7 to 10 days, I think, before... Uh, you know, it's kind of getting resolved. But yeah, that's what I'll, I hear. I'll ask Dr. Pete as and when we get him back on the air to see what his advice would be, but I'm sure uh, calamine lotion could be something that you could look up, and I think that's as a topical application, that would be pretty good. I know that he'll probably mention other things that would probably be better, so let's just uh, see if we can get him back with us. Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome, and Happy New Year and Happy Christmas, huh? Thanks. Okay, Dr. Pete, do we managed to? we Have got Dr. Pete back on the line yet? We don't have Dr. Pete back on the line. Okay, I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, do we have any more callers on the line?
5: Yes, I had a question. Um, you were talking about the CO2 levels, and yeah. um, I have been studying a little bit the Buteyko method, which is some exercise which will actually increase the CO2 levels. Okay, good. And, um, you know, as you mentioned, it can increase the relaxation. And right. for me, it helps with things like insomnia. And I'm curious in relation to what you're talking about. I didn't quite get... W- the full picture of what the CO2 levels, like raising those CO2 levels, what impact that might have.
0: Right. Okay. Well, Dr. Peet's uh, talked fairly extensively about the benefits of CO2. I think most of us always associate CO2 as a poisonous gas that we need to get rid of uh, by exhaling, when actually, uh, I think the truth in the science is that oxygen itself is probably more poisonous than CO2, uh-huh. uh, and CO2 in its own right is actually very anti-inflammatory okay. and um, Actually associated with greater longevity, uh, peoples and uh, cultures that live at high altitudes like the Tibetans uh-huh. and the people in the uh, Peruvian Andes uh-huh. have actually much, much greater uh, <laughs> health health okay. records. Uh, s- um, they actually have much less inflammatory disease. They have way less cancer incidences. Uh-huh and generally the inflammation is much less amongst the communities at high elevation because of the beneficial effects okay. of uh, CO2 and uh, Dr. Pete has um, mentioned several times the uh, method by which you can just bag breathe you get uh-huh. a brown paper bag and sit down in a chair and relax and just breathe in and out of uh-huh. uh, rebreathing your own CO2 uh-huh. now this is also a very good way of increasing CO2 levels uh-huh. um, so I think um, the main effects were the anti-inflammatory, yes. anti-stress effects uh, of breathing in CO two, yes. and okay. also the uh, longevity effects that do come with it are okay. well well documented.
5: Okay,
0: thank you very much. Yeah, you're very welcome. Bye. Okay, um, are there any more calls online? Okay. Hi. Hi, um
6: So I just had a recommendation for the.
0: Hello. There was a caller there, but they suddenly disappeared.
3: Dr. Pete, are you on the line?
0: Okay. I'm not sure what's uh, going on until someone tells me what's going on. I'm not sure. There's, the caller's been cut off and we've lost Dr. Pete. That's <laughs> not a very good evening. But anyway, the engineer's going to do what he can. He, he's, he's, gonna, doing, he's, he's doing his best he's frantically trying, to can... get Dr. Pete back on the air. Well, uh, we should uh, start anything... Anything new or we'll see what uh, see what comes of his frantic attempts? Okay, I think there's uh, another caller on the air. Hi, you're on the air? Hello? No, I don't think the caller is there. Okay, well, Sarah, how about you? So, um... I think oh. this is Dr. Pete. Okay.
3: Hello?
0: Oh, no, no this is our caller. caller. Hi, caller. I think you were cut Hi. off a moment ago. Hi, Where Hi. did Dr. Pete go? I'm
6: caller. Um so I was thinking of suggesting for
5: itchy spots Do- Dr Pete, are you there
0: Okay one minute our engineers also on the line so uh, you're on engineer you're on the line too so we can hear you talking <laughs> Okay h- hang hang with us caller until uh, we get his microphone off the air Baking soda
6: and vinegar
0: at Okay you've taken the caller off the air again Hello. John, tell the engineer that he's taking the caller off the air.
2: No, I, uh. I have both callers on, so she can talk. I
0: haven't cut her off. But we were we were also hearing. Well, I you. guess
3: we can't hear her. I think maybe you turned her volume down to us.
0: It's a meltdown in the <laughs> studio.
3: <laughs> You're doing a good job there, engineer. Just there's a bit of a problem here. We had a fuzzy connection to start with with mm-hmm. Doctor P on the line. And then...
0: Then we cut him off.
3: Well... <laughs> okay. Well, bag breathing is another way that you can help to lower... High, since we've been talking about high blood pressure, bag breathing is also very good to help lower someone's blood pressure because it helps with that CO2 and putting calcium in the right place. So that's another use for that.
0: And we talked about the anti-stress effects and the anti-edema effects of increased CO2 as well. And that the uh, high elevation uh, civilizations also had way less stress and way less inflammatory uh, diseases. So
3: I wonder if they have less heart disease. Hmm, that would be an interesting epidemiological study.
0: Okay, well, the engineer is still shaking his head. Well, I'd rather just kind of wait and see if we can get Dr. Pete back, just because it's... Uh Well, you're listening to Ask Your Air Doctor on KMUD Galbaville, 91.1 FM. And from now till the end of the show at 8 o'clock, people are invited to call in with any questions either related or unrelated to this month's topic of salt, inflammation, and diuretics. The number here if you live in the area is 923-3911, or if you live outside the area, the numbers 1-800-KMUD-RAD. So if there are any people that have been listening to the show and uh, would like to call in with any questions, please feel free to do so now. Um, Otherwise, uh, we're going to still see if we can get Dr. Pete back on the air. Hi, you're on
7: the air. Yeah, um, so I've been listening to the the show today, and um, it it all sounded very interesting to me, but uh, I'm uh, curious how it could pertain to athletes. Uh, It seems like diuretics, salt, calcium, all very uh, critical in sports. I don't know if you've been able to get the doctor back on
0: I think they're still working at it, but what was your, what was your main question in relation to uh, the topic in sport?
7: Well, yeah, you know, I, I always have to calculate things like sweat loss uh, to then uh, calculate how much uh, I need to intake during sport. I, I particularly practice uh, a lot of running and cycling sports, and mm-hmm. um, I was curious how to calculate uh, salt, how much salt intake I should be taking.
0: Okay. Well, how, how much do you take in generally?
7: Well, all my supplements, uh, usually they're sports supplements, uh, have a certain amount of sodium in them, and I take the recommended dosages of those. Whether they're, you know, two scoops of uh, of the uh, product to uh, 20 ounces of water uh, per hour. Uh, but again, I don't know if that's the adequate amount, or if the doctor is saying that maybe we should be thinking higher levels
3: of sodium well uh, i do know that there's been a study that's been done with baking soda showing that athletes performed better when they took up to a tablespoon of baking soda in one day spread out obviously because you don't want to be diluting your stomach acid when you're trying to digest some proteins with a meal but that's um because it increases their co2 and you're as an athlete you're blowing off a lot of co2 when you're exercising especially with all that heavy aerobic exercise and it would be very good for you to um, have constant, almost like you want an IV of glucose while you're exercising. IV of glucose and all these minerals so that you, can, you don't put your body into a stressed state and you'll actually cope better with the endurance exercise.
7: Okay. So, so, so in, re- in reference to uh, CO2, um, am I actually looking to put my body in a slightly more hypoxic state?
3: Yeah, Yeah. because, well, no, you are putting, yeah, you're over-oxygenating yourself when you're doing aerobic exercise because you're blowing off so much CO2.
4: Which is actually a very negative thing to do. In effect, the carbon dioxide is pulling more oxygen through your cell system.
0: Did did the caller hear that? Have we got the caller and you on the line?
7: I'm still on the line.
0: Good. Could you hear Dr. Pete?
7: I, I didn't hear
3: what he said now okay, sorry, Dush, can you repeat that a little?
4: Um, yeah the uh, carbon dioxide acts as if it's pulling more oxygen into the cell system. it activates the uh, electron transport chain to uh, use oxygen more quickly and effectively
3: so that was what is what would happen when the this athlete would take baking soda uh
4: yeah um. They've done it with um, endurance races, uh, giving them a tablespoon of baking soda at the start of the race. and uh, the, um, You would think that it would make them more alkaline. Alkaline is um, not a necessarily good state. Uh, the um, carbon dioxide actually enters the cell and becomes um, an acidic uh, uh, form from the, um, the the baking soda bicarbonate uh, momentarily makes your blood more alkaline but the absorbed carbon dioxide uh, becomes acidic inside the cell and the intracellular state should be slightly on the acid side when, when the oxygen is really working uh, they call it oxygen because it means acid former and the acid that it makes is carbon dioxide, and uh, in that slightly acidic state, oxygen is having its full action for producing energy, and it's that same uh, energy production which takes the um, calcium out of the cell and lets the cell relax and recuperate properly. Um, If you aren't producing or retaining enough carbon dioxide, the cell will begin making lactic acid, and the lactic acid uh, leaves the cell in an alkaline stressed condition, even though it's acidifying the blood, it's leaving the cell in a stressed alkaline condition that uh, causes inflammation. So too much aerobic exercise uh, becomes catabolic and uh, inflammatory.
0: Right, caller, so are you there, caller? Did you hear what Dr. Peter had said? Yes, yes, I did. Perfect.
7: Very good, good information. Thank you.
0: Yeah, you're um, very welcome. I, I'm, do you have anything else you wanted, wanted to say? I'm, no, no. I don't want to cut thank you, thank you off. You very,
7: thank you very much for answering my question.
0: Okay, you're very welcome. All right, so I think we have two more callers here, so let's take them one at a time and see if we can get through them before we get uh, close to the uh, top of the hour. You're on the air, caller. Hello, am I on? Yes,
6: you're on. Okay, I have a suggestion and also a question for Dr. Pete. Um, I live in Laytonville, and last year I discovered a product down in Willits at Mariposa that is incredible for itching. And um, I got it for Poison Oak. And it's called Manzanita Magic, and it comes in a three ounce bottle. It is wild crafted manzanita grape root, plantain, chickweed, organic sage, thyme, and cayenne. And it's a dark liquid, and I'm just wondering if that would work for um, chickenpox. Yeah, wonder. And that's just my mm-hmm. suggestion. My question is...
3: That's, well, let me just say one thing yeah. quickly about that. That's a wonderful product, and I know the lady who makes it, and that's a really good idea. So thanks for calling in and letting us know that. And Michael, if you're still listening... Get yourself Great. some manzanita magic. Terry makes it.
4: Uh, did you mention aspirin for chicken pox?
0: No, we didn't. Um, so I would like you to talk about that if, you've, uh, if you would.
3: But Can I ask
4: yeah, yeah, my finish. question, and yeah.
0: then I'll
3: get off the line.
6: Um, it's about calcium and getting it back into your bones. Um, I've been dealing with um, breast cancer since 2005 and had to really pay attention to trying to keep calcium in my bones. And I would like to know, my understanding is that it's specifically vitamin D3 that um, assists with calcium going into the bones. And I also, I'd like Dr. Pete to comment on that and also on the ratio of calcium and magnesium that he might recommend. And I'll take my answer off the air. Thank you.
3: Thank you for your call. Dr. Pete, did you hear that question?
4: Yeah. The ratio isn't. As big an issue as as a lot of books say, Uh, if you're getting a little excess uh, sodium and calcium, uh, it spares the magnesium. Uh, The sodium and calcium activate cell respiration, and cell respiration is needed for cells to retain magnesium. So if you're low in uh, sodium and and calcium, you... um, depend on a a good thyroid function to retain magnesium. So any stress uh, that increases aldosterone, for example, is going to make you lose magnesium. Uh, So keeping your aldosterone and inflammation down, your thyroid, calcium, and sodium up is going to make you retain magnesium much more efficiently.
2: All uh, right, we got three callers in okay. five minutes. Well, we
0: won't we won't get that done in five minutes. But first, let's go back, Dr. Pete. Well, would you, you uh, first give some more suggestions for Michael, our engineer, who's uh, got chickenpox at the moment?
4: Okay, um, aspirin has been found to have a mild antiviral effect uh, against several types of virus. Uh, someone with AIDS sent me an old publication that uh, they had begun. <laughs> A trial of aspirin for HIV infected people, and they were getting good results when they discontinued the study. (laughs) Uh, But it has been uh, proven somewhat effective for several different kinds of virus, including the herpes or chickenpox type.
3: And Michael, call um, call us. We'll give our number out at the end of the show in case you don't have it. And we'll help direct you with the amount of vitamin K you need to take in order to use aspirin safely. And also, another thing, doctor, can you please comment about vitamin D for that lady with the calcium? She wanted to know why the vitamin D was so important.
4: Um, you know, you, if you're having blood tests, it's good to have your um, vitamin D3 in the upper part of the normal range. And uh, it would also be good to have the parathyroid hormone checked. When you're getting enough vitamin D and calcium, you will inhibit the parathyroid hormone. And the parathyroid hormone, although it has its place, you don't want it to be chronically elevated.
3: Because it's a cancer promoter. Yeah. And we have um, another three callers on the line. Let's at least take one. It's We've got two minutes left here. Hi. Hi. So
6: my suggestion for the itch,
2: um, Chickenpox pox is... You are the mom ...a vinegar baking soda. Oh, i got mix.
0: enough money to get through Christmas. I just Oh, actually, I'm working too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Listen, we're getting lots of stress here in the studio, and it's one minute <laughs> no, to it's, eight. No, it's hilarious. So let's... I'm sorry, caller, to have cut you short with that recommendation that for everybody's sanity, we need to make sure that we close the show at 8 o'clock pronto. And... Thank you so much for all those people that have called in. And uh, thank you, Engineer, for dealing with the stress associated with losing callers. And our beloved Dr. Pete, thank you so much for joining us again. Okay. Um,
3: And we're just going to give out some contact details.
0: Yeah, contact details for Dr. Raymond Pete. Visit his website, please, www.raypeat.com. Dot com. That's raypeat Lots of scholarly articles, fully referenced scientific literature. It's uh, yeah. Open your eyes, folks, and don't, go and take a look at what he's got on the website. That will refute a lot of the misconceptions. Thank you to all those people that have phoned in.
3: And we can be reached um, nine. Please remember that this program is supported by the listener members of Redwood Community Radio. If you like what you hear, please consider becoming a member of KMUD or renewing if you've already joined. A regular yearly membership is $50, but we accept any amount. Help us keep free speech alive.